Oh, universe, my universe, we're on episode, well, episode 30, in the sequence of late for work again. Hmm. So, I suppose being a day late on this episode is not that big a deal. And, um, I wish I had a better reason for being late, but the truth is, I am just so physically exhausted coming home from the last two days. There's barely been energy to maintain my daily routine of eating and personal care, let alone anything adventurous or creative or hmm, as uh, <laughs> as much as I would like to inflate the necessary energy to record something of value, the truth is. I'm usually at my best when I'm not even able to think of the energy to do something but this. So, being too tired to record is a new low. <laughs> I don't know that, I didn't know there was such a thing, but yesterday, uh, when I got off work at 3 o'clock and was asleep by 5 and never woke up again until 5 the next morning, well, that's the kind of tired that I haven't been in a while. And, uh... Because I got all that sleep, well, here at 11.59, well, what is now 12.01, on the 10th of April, yes, because we started on the 9th, uh, I'm on a review episode. And the way I'm going to handle it this time is I'm going to listen to every episode, try to encompass the things that I left dangling or should have covered. I won't necessarily cover them all because some of them I just need to point out. I need to get back to that. Um, like I say, I've never felt like I had my shit together. That's too much to discuss, but it is worth thinking about how I can incorporate some of those, um, times in life when, when I think back or check into where I felt transitionally say, for instance, I think the first major birthday that everyone decides where they stand against where they thought they would stand is 30. Because at 30, a lot of life could have happened, should have happened, may have happened. There's just, oddly, enough chaos as well as enough planned outcome in your decade, say, from 20 to 30, that no matter where you are at 30, you'll think something has gone tremendously right while something else has gone tremendously wrong. It's just the point of life. And uh, unless you're... Literally, Rafael Nadal. In which case, I, I just... You were born perfect. And life worked out exactly as your born position predicted. Other than that, well, there will be something between 20 and 30 that will be an unexpected great thing that goes your way, as well as something that unexpectedly challenges you in a way you never could have seen coming. And you can't even judge yourself against both of those. The events of early life and the uncertainty that you bring into the equation, it just, it necessitates chaotic outcomes that are in some way to your life scale absurd. We're not even talking about that. But when I say I never felt like I had my shit together, that pattern was not only exacerbated by behaviors of my own, but it was persistent into my 40s. And at some point, literally, you should be able to have enough of a conversation with yourself that if your life isn't correctly 
navigating, you can correct it. I just didn't have, I was either too drunk or too disinterested to pursue it for any real uh, change or outcome of favorability. Nope, I was ready to quit more than I was ready to dig in. And that's part of the challenge of doing all this. I don't understand necessarily what influenced the change, but now that it's here, I'm clear on many of the ways that I allowed myself to um, to lose faith in my ability to achieve a life of value and purpose. Simple as that. Having gotten that back, I share the process with myself primarily and anybody who has the same sort of disorientation in the universe. There may be some value here. I doubt it, but there may. So if you listen, well, good for you. And uh, really, as I've always said, there's got to be something more important in your life to be doing than what you're doing. So at least be doing some housework, right? But whatever, I'm not here to judge. Definitely not. I have uh, had my day of listening to podcasts while I do nothing but listen. It is what it is. All right, back to episode 126. So the last 10, uh, I do not have the energy, I don't think, to do this because I have a feeling they're riddled with mistakes. And this one isn't so much riddled with mistakes as it is riddled with things that I need to get back to. In fact, this one has some good comments in it, um, but it also has some just disorientation in it. And that's too bad because it's in many ways in the first 20 minutes that it sucks. And then it picks up steam in the middle. (laughs) And so if I were to chop an episode up into something that was more coherent, this would be the first candidate I would put on the board. But that said, um, I'll just reintroduce some of the things that I need to get back to. Um, Did I always have a life that was enjoyable? Probably. Had I talked myself out of enjoying my life? Definitely. That is a concept that needs more exploration. I'm not even sure how many ways I can define that. I know I can define it in a couple, but I'll bet I can define it in a lot more if I just give myself some time to reflect. So I'm coming back to that one. Um, and probably is, is as strong as I want to go on, did I always have a life that was enjoyable? And uh, I've, I've moved from definitely to probably there. But I've definitely talked myself out of that life, no matter how I look at it. But wandering back into that field will be something I do a couple episodes down the road. Um, I say that I'm doing this without purpose of prescription for how to improve or uh, find purpose, fulfillment. I had given up on destiny or any of those concepts. I uh, also described the change as having walked into a spider web. That's all kind of horseshit. Well, I mean, the walked into a spider web part's pretty much right. But the rest of it's wrong. But not wrong. But of course, there is purpose in this process for me. So if I'm not trying to show a prescription of life lived with more purpose, well, then what the hell am I doing, right? So that statement is inherently untrue just based on the actual uh, activity I'm engaged in. So I will stop saying that. What I'm saying is that purpose comes from within. So it's hard to prescribe what your purpose is, but it doesn't mean I can't say this is how I found purpose. Maybe that's how you'll find purpose. 
I'm not saying the processes can't be the same, but what purpose we'll arrive at shouldn't be the same, couldn't be the same, really. And the ways that we probably feel, or the way I felt hollow and unfulfilled, I doubt has the same footprint with anybody else. But there may be some overlap to resonate enough to have meaning. That's it. And even then, I doubt it. So, um, but that doesn't mean there isn't purpose here. Of course there's purpose, or I wouldn't be doing it. But can I prescribe this as a purpose for anybody else? No, I cannot. Is it an improvement in my life? So far, yes. So why is it like walking into a spider web? Well, <clears throat> what, to me, the, the worst thing about walking into a spider web is you initially, and I'm talking about the full fit, you know, when you walk in, literally walk into one, straight on. I'm not talking about catching one on your arm. I'm talking about that horrid feeling of, holy shit, I just walked into a spider web. And it's it, the first feeling is that you have been, you wonder how much of, how big is it? How much did I just, what am I dealing with as you try to knock it out of your existence? And when I came to, see the the moment I really knew something huge had changed in me, there are two. One, the Mandela effect. But two was a point in time when I came to understand something about my mom that I just had assumed at some point in life had happened, but hadn't. And I'll explain this story at some other point. I don't want to get distracted by it. And my immediate reaction was, well, that has to change. I mean, you, that has to change. That has to change right now. And it was the kind of opinion and responsiveness to a situation I'd never experienced before. Because I knew that I had not only come to a recognition of clarity in my own head about a circumstance that I'd been misled in, confused by my own incorrect assumptions, but that it was something that I could have fixed decades ago if I'd have known. And it made me realize that I did know, and I hadn't been willing to accept the responsibility of making it different. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that momentum was everywhere I looked. I was making the world a better place. And so when you walk into a spider web, your first reaction is, I don't have any idea how big this jarring moment is. And you hope that one's tiny. And this one felt jarring. It, 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 it's very rare that I have a moment of time in space with another person where that interaction and it, usually it's just one exchange it's one question one answer and it changes everything that you think about a scenario a historical event a current circumstance whatever and i don't mean changes like it brings clarity it I, that's what i do mean it clarifies something that you didn't even necessarily understand you were confused about but all of a sudden now that you know this piece of information a whole 
spiderweb falls off your face. It's just that feeling of relief that you are unencumbered by something that was at that point just, you know, you know what it's like to walk into a spiderweb. It sucks. But when you get it off you, it feels like, hmm, well, that is about the third worst analogy I've used. Because I know it's not the worst. There's probably another one back there that's worse. But that's got to be in the bottom three, right? So, no more walking into spider webs. However, the improvements that happened as I started to act more forthright as who I really was were in process for at least 18 months before I really noticed the impact they were having. So, and I've admitted to being dense when it comes to this shit. So it wasn't something that I even attempted to develop because when I had attempted to develop it, it had failed. All right, on to the next ones. Uh, you can arrive at a point where you feel like if you don't go left or right now, you'll go forward and you'll go forward into a land of failure to realize. I do think at some point I understood that chasing down answers through analysis and data wasn't working. But I had so committed to that path of calculation in terms of my reality and what I could then determine as the truth, where else was I going to go? What Was I going to be a born-again Christian? Was I going to uh, find some ancient book in a bookshelf in a bookstore in some booky town in Bookington and all of a sudden have magic spells that change my reality into something of magic and wonder? No, I was committed to data, to analysis, to rationalism and empiricism, but the filter of having to believe it was in my sensory perception as that collapsed inside of the scientific method, well, it brought on, I think, a realization that once the Mandela effect hit, I listened. So, uh, I don't know if that is being forced to take a left, because you never could have convinced me of half the stuff that I now believe had the Mandela effect never happened. So, I don't know what to say. If you're stuck in analytical hell, not smart enough to get the answers, and realizing that your systems are falling apart, don't dig in. Follow your questions. And don't follow them with anything other than belief that you know where the, the deception will lay within whatever questions generate themselves in your concerns of what might not be exactly true. Just trust your instincts. It's the best way to go. And, all right, do I regret losing my hmm, sports fan card? Do I? No, but I do. And that so that duality needs to be revisited. God bless you, customs of life. Why is thank you for your service not one? Well, because I'm an American citizen. And I 
don't take that responsibility lightly, nor do I think anybody who's given service to this country takes it lightly. I obviously take God bless you lightly because it is a custom, a social ingratiation to make up a word. It is a way in which we are just nice to each other. But because it has the word God in it, it's not you're so good looking. It's God bless you. And having never believed that that charged word was something my life and meaning was clearly representing, I didn't want to participate. And that isn't necessarily exactly what I feel about. Thank you for your service. No. Because I know what it means to have put your existence on the line for your honor and duty and relationship with your country. Because I know what it's like not to have done it. So I can appreciate how much goes into doing something I would never have had the cojones to do. So for that, I can only say thank you for filling a gap that you can call me whatever you want. Wasn't ever a gap I was willing to fill. And in a military where we were fighting for true freedom and the right for all people to pursue the greatness of the existence and humanity that it is to be here, well, that might be different. But that didn't seem like the army that was necessarily fighting wars for the nation of America. That's my opinion, and it could be completely wrong. But therefore, that's the difference. All right, every individual has value to add to your life. I think that's one of the better comments I've ever made. And it's true. And then I followed up with (laughs) the awkward conversation starter of what it's like to be in a line to hell with somebody else. Yeah, that's not a good way to go. And I never even explain alphabet soup for those who might not know it. Alphabet soup's just simply a game of metaphors. If you were a breed of dog, what breed of dog would you be? If you were a can of soup, which can of soup would you be? If you were a candy bar, which candy bar would you be? If you were a decade in the 20th century, which decade would you be? The reason I like this as a conversation icebreaker is because it's safe. You can ask questions like, if you were a candy bar, what candy bar would you be without pushing anyone's buttons? And if you happen to answer Three Musketeers and I have to say, wait, what? Well, there can be a moment of learning something that I didn't possibly know. Well, Three Musketeers is based on my favorite book and who knows why. Maybe it's just the nougat flavor and consistency is the greatest sensation this human being's ever experienced. To me, it's only slightly better than Bit of Honey, which is only slightly better than Necco wafers. I mean, when you're getting down to the bottom of the barrel, you're down there with three musketeers, but there are plenty of people on the planet who think it's the best candy bar there is. That is the beauty of being human and the beauty of playing a game like Alphabet Soup Where, when you're asked, if you were a ride at a carnival, which one would you be, is a pretty innocuous question. And this isn't a game to get weird with. It's just a game in which, if you're trying to kill time with people who you don't know very well, you can suggest a game of metaphors that's safe. And 
can be a lot of fun. So that's my go-to icebreaker in a situation where maybe conversation should be completely safe and non-threatening. All right. Okay, you never know what someone is... Yeah, you never know what someone's sensitive about. Just period. Learn that in the world. Don't don't unnecessarily go into territory you shouldn't. Which is hilarious since wandering around subject matter without purpose is definitely one of the best descriptions of this particular episode. So, um, I don't know if I need to talk about that one. Not directly my fault, but all my fault. That one I'll go back to. Beings, uh, yeah, say it with some sensitivity, but say, okay, say it with some sensitivity. Uh, That's easier said than done. Um, Being insensitive is an incredibly easy thing to do. Intentionally, it's just sick, but unintentionally, it's just uh, knuckleheaded. And you're always better off not saying something than saying something that you think might be taken wrong. Just don't take the risk. And don't couch it by saying, well, I think if I just say that I don't mean to offend you if I say this, but here's something I'm going to tell you that's offensive. That's bullshit. You don't get to unhook yourself by saying, I told you beforehand I didn't want to offend you, and now you're all offended. Bullshit. You don't get to do that. So if you don't really know how to say something sensitively, don't say it. And don't pretend that by couching it as, this isn't intended to be insensitive. Doesn't make it insensitive. Of course it does. You're just too big a pussy to stand up against it. All right, school is not like being in the army. No, it's not like being in the air force, the marines. It's not like any of that. I was strictly speaking of regimented schedules, and I do think that the time uh, uh, clock uh, that you are learning in school is good preparation for the regimented nature of being in the services, but for no other way are they comparable. That was the only comparison I was trying to make. Um, and then trying to be better versus deciding to be better. <clears throat> I have found that if you're not willing to just quit telling yourself that you have decided this is bad behavior and it needs to change, but work toward fundamentally changing it in every way you can, including going out of your way to establish new behaviors, nothing you've decided to change will change. Everything you try to change will change. So deciding that something needs to change doesn't make a difference. Changing something involves trying to be better at something and failing along the way, not always achieving your goal, But working toward it is the only way you're ever going to realize it. At least that's the way it worked for me. Okay, that's episode 126. We won't take as long on the rest of them. As a matter of fact, I'm going to breeze through three in a row. That way I can do three, three, three. But pause, obviously, is coming up. Pause. And unpause. Well, another nine-hour pause, which never hurts because that means I got some sleep and uh, needed it. But I have listened to the next three episodes, 127, 128, and 129. So let's uh, see if we can't get through the... <clears throat> Sorry for the handling of the phone, but that stopped. Let's see if we can't get through these uh, next three, because i got to be at work in 
45 minutes. So putting a little timer on myself here. Keep things moving along. <clears throat> okay, episode 127. That's the hero episode for Wittgenstein. And I uh, took a seminar class uh, on Wittgenstein. I, I could have some details in there incorrect, but I stand by that episode just based on my knowledge and studies of him in the past. So uh, if you aren't interested in philosophy, and especially not in the philosophy of language or any of the 20th century philosophical movements uh, that are relevant, there is no reason to listen to that episode. So if you want to listen to 128, what are you going to get wrong in there? Well, there are not many things in there that are wrong, but there are some dangling threads that I didn't get to. I cite uh, that I think there are foundational problems in physics, history, sociology, anthropology, humanity. <laughs> uh, it's a little grandiose, to say the least, but I do believe that the underpinnings of physics, uh, from the Big Bang to the creation of mm, dark matter, dark energy, dark forces, to somehow account for the math versus observational data, uh, confusion there's something wrong now could it just be that we're formula weak that we don't have the right um approach to the uh the data set that we do have or could it be that we're reading data incorrectly or could it be that what we've measured is not what we think we've measured i don't know but there are flaws major flaws history too I have way too many questions about the historical record, and I know that some of that is because I'm being lied to. Uh, and inside of sociology, I, there is no way, as the DNA evidence piles up in the human genome uh, historical project, where they're looking back at the DNA records and finding legacy connections between groups of people through DNA evidence, we all mixed with everybody. That's how it worked. And so sociology, anything that tells you differently is full of shit. And if you're being told in anthropology, well, anthropology was a weird one to put on the list. I'm sure I probably meant to put on there archaeology. But even in anthropology, it's, it's a strange science of <clears throat> trying to read cultural connections in the development of the human society and civilization as we've come to organize it. Because to me, that couldn't be more subjective. Um, and yet, anthropology, if they're not going to account for the finds of, say, the North American um, cultural finds, especially the, the one that dates back 22,000 years with that Kachina doll, anything that you're going to use uh, as a basis for something in anthropology has to be able to accommodate the historical record. So... I would think anthropology would be some of the areas that would be pushing the hardest against a reckoning that's due in our, in our study of mankind on this planet. And then something fundamentally wrong in the, in the foundation of humanity. Well, if you're questioning the potential that there are some lizard, skin suit, human-wearing creatures out there, taken down our good intentions, well, of course, then there's something fundamentally wrong with humanity. As I said 
somewhere in the future three, four episodes, if you don't think having nuclear weapons on a planet full of humans is a recipe for self-annihilation, <laughs> well, you had a better view of the last 50 years than I did, or maybe you had a too rosy a view of the last 50 years, because I don't think you can look at us and that kind of potential for destruction and think it won't get used, even if it's accidental. Um, also, we're missing entire civilizations. Whatever built the pyramids has never been identified. Whatever did the work down in southern Peru, though I think they're the same, has never been identified. The more they're seeing at the bottom of the ocean, the more they're going to have to explain down there that's never been identified. So, again, it, and I'm not saying that we should have known this by now, that this is all some big cover-up, but we are clearly seeing now, especially because our devices of detection have gotten so much better in the last 25 years, we are detecting anomalies that now must be accounted for because they're not anomalies, they're additions. We didn't have the ability to use LIDAR in the 1980s. Now that we do, what's sitting under the Amazon has to be accounted for. So, we're in a time of flux, we're in a time of upheaval, we're in a time of paradigm shift. Fine. But let's start asking the questions that demand the paradigm that doesn't work be dismissed. Uh, I cite that threats, safety threats, uh, threats to one's safety are negative reinforcement. Obviously, what's negative is the kind of information we can't take our eyes off of. We feel like it might be information necessary for our own survival. If we see something that is causing damage to other people, if we don't take that in and integrate it into our schema of what could happen, we might suffer the same fate. Well, <laughs> the fact is, the world is a hell of a lot less dangerous than you think it is. But if we don't get sold that there are threats everywhere we look against our safety, including many that have been manufactured to make sure that we know threats can be real, <laughs> assholes, but those pulling those kinds of strings, well, they're the most broken. But the rest of us falling for their shit, it's time we stopped. My neighbors are awesome people. And if I go out there thinking that they're threats to me, guess what I won't believe? In their awesomeness. So no. Deny the lies. There, there is a world of greatness out there that is about as threatening as your ability to navigate the paths on a gentle mountain. Could you slip and hurt yourself? Sure. But you're not likely to. And if you don't get out there and enjoy that walk, you're missing out on life. All right, that's basically 128. So moving to 129. All right, this is definitely one that I didn't want to have to defend because I don't have a basis for why I think these things, but this is what resonates as true for me when I look at the story that we've been told. I think that the Earth is resetting every 13,000 years. I don't know why. I think it's a process of moving in and out of the galactic uh, plane. I think as we cross up above the galactic equilibrium, there is an, a charge of the galaxy's positioning that includes our sun and our earth and the magnetic fields that, that integrate between them, as well as the solar discharge that is a CME. I think these things coincide about every 13,000 years to cause 
an extreme cataclysm on Earth. A complete resetting of Earth cataclysm. The kind that wipes things into a fossil record that looks millions of years old, but isn't. Now, can I prove any of this? No. But I do know there are problems with all the dinosaur bones that get uh, radiocarbon dated. Come back anywhere between 22,000 and 39,000 years old. And I don't like this idea, but the reason that I say no full dinosaur skeletons have been found, I'm not talking about the aquatic monsters that we do find in the rock record in complete form. And I think that in the oceans, there have been awesome animals that no longer exist because these resets have wiped them out. But I think they have put them into the rock record in a way that looks millions of years old, but isn't, and makes us look back on evolution as some process of billions of years of time, that is incorrect. And I think finding the problem inside the Big Bang is a corollary to all this doubt about evolution. I don't think I need to go further than that. And that is an opinion that has no basis in any science. Well, it has basis in some science, in fact. But it is an opinion. And as many opinions as there are people to write them. Well, yeah, and this is the kind of stuff that will get you censored from YouTube, saying shit like what I just said. Because they'll just say, well, that's such phony baloney, it doesn't even deserve a vocal point of discussion. Okay, but I'll tell you what else. Everything that led me to that opinion is stuff that Google's algorithm permits. So if what Google is selling is a story full of holes, doubt, and disappointment, then here's my counterpoint. I also said that the counterpoint on some, on some issue can create what I think of an issue. It's not so much that I meant on issues, because on issues you have to look at both sides, regardless. So listening to the other side is imperative. But it's more like people. Oh, Fox News thinks that's a person who's uh, got our country's head screwed on correctly? Then I don't like them. And that's where I am prone to snap reactions by knowing what the other side thinks. Well, then I know what I think. And I am not willing to be a particle entangled in Fox News. So I am going to stop judging anybody that Fox News says is savory as unsavory because, well, Fox News thinks they're savory. So they must be unsavory. It's time for me to learn for myself. Like when it comes to Africa versus the USA and the wealth Okay, here, here's one thing, though, that I do have to say in my defense. <clears throat> if tomorrow the EMP wipes out electricity across the planet and we're left rebuilding the resources and, and creating for ourselves the lives that we're used to, who's going to do better in the first three months of that? Someone living in Africa or someone living in Arkansas or Arizona? Or Alabama. I think when you get right down to it, the world is about as wealthy on an individual level in those circumstances, country to country to country, as it gets. And in fact, I'm not sure America isn't sitting halfway, if not more than halfway down the list. Because if if we're not the most pampered country, the most 
dependent on the things we depend on for everything country. How many of the people listening here have a garden, have a way of depending on food if the food pipeline that is your grocery store goes down? Could you even go ask somebody you know for fresh produce? How many people in Africa can say yes to both of those questions? I'll bet the percentage is higher. So when it comes to what do you really have that's worth shit? I don't know that Americans are that high on the list. Okay, so I'll leave that alone right there. Learn something about the real world and how it works. I'm trying. I agree that I'm behind the eight ball there, but I'm trying. And to say that my data set on Africa is 25 plus years old, that's not completely fair. But whatever else I've got is just the message I've been given to think this way about Africa. I haven't gone to research any true data or read any uh, original source reporting or anything about Africa because you know what? I just don't have time for it. Like I don't have time for reading about biographies of people in the 17th century. Do I think people who lived in the 1600s are affecting the way things go today? Sure. But is it enough for me to go pursue that kind of dedication of time to learn their times and ways? No. And unfortunately, I've let parts of this world fall into that same sort of irrelevance. That is a problem, and I'm going to fix it. Speaking of fixing problems. Okay. So have I officially jumped off the Big Bang and the evolution theories? I don't know. But I've got so many questions now that haven't been answered and I don't think can be answered that I unfortunately feel my vector is pointing that direction and it's not going to change. I am always open to having my facts upend my current thoughts and knowledge as I think it coordinates together. But when you start finding things, observing off phenomenon and discovering question marks that not only can't be answered, but look like they are impossibilities. I.e., how does it, an organism that has no concept of sight suddenly de develop the ability to see? How does it happen? Because without evolution explaining that one question, there is nothing about the, the entire theory that works. So I get why our canon of literature is taught to us through what we know, not the question marks that sit there. Because had I had that question mark introduced to me in ninth grade, I'd have said, yeah, how does that happen? Well, riddle me that, Batman, while I go listen to 130, 131, and 132. Be back later. I gotta put this on pause. Unpause. All right. After what I would imagine was a 25-hour pause, since it is now 10.32 a.m. on the 10th of April, 4-10-10-32-2022 a.m., Mountain Standard Time. That is correct, because I think earlier I got the date wrong when I was saying the date. That this episode's just uh, the review episode, so it's kind of been stitched together over the course of a day and a half now, too. And um, in so doing, I have once at least screwed up the date, but 10, 10, <laughs> it is the 10th of April, the 10th day of April, which is the fourth month of the year, 2022, 2002, 
It is 10.33 a.m. now, Mountain Standard Time, in that space. That is how our quantum reality is collapsing in this wave function, now considered the recording of my voice. Okay, now that we've got all the uh, technicalities out, uh, I last covered episode 129, so this is episode 130, 131, and 132. Fortunately, two of these are fast as lightning, because I liked what I did there. Oh, but 130 might make up for all that. Um, <clears throat> all right. There are, there are just too many ways that I speak as if you know what I'm saying when I say things that are very either esoteric or frankly conflicting. So uh, it, it's an, it's an interesting conundrum because hmm, it's the same conundrum we bring to everybody that we meet for the first time in life. That is, they only know of you what they are experiencing in this moment, this immediate circumstance right now. If I've never known you before, even if I've heard things about you, for, for instance, so I know of you, I still don't know you until I've been in the same space-time with you, at which point I have that much information on which to make a judgment according to anything else I might learn about you other than in further action directly with you. This is how we go about life. This is what socialization is. Um, and yet, the biggest problem with all of that is you. Because what you do is bring all the guilt and shame and past transgression and whatever that you are into a circumstance with somebody who knows zero about you. So the only one in this situation who knows anything about themselves are the two people who walk into the situation with all of the whatever it is that they don't want to release in front of these new people who don't know them. This is a moment to not have to deal with all those things that I had to deal with the last time I met new people. Well, the, the whole process of thinking that shit as you walk up to that situation is the process of bringing with you baggage and unnecessary past transgressions that have nothing to do with the moment you're experiencing. Living for the moment is understanding that in spite of the linear nature of time, the one thing you can share with the universe is you in this moment right now. Other than that, you got nothing to give. And you certainly have nothing to bring to the situation, regardless of whether it's good or bad. How many people show up with their Super Bowl ring at the age of 53 at a bingo parlor expecting to get the best seat in the house. At some point, whatever you've done in your past is literally irrelevant. But the moment you're having with the person you're experiencing it right now, well, that is the only relevant moment there is. So make the most of that moment and we make the most of the universe. But bring all that baggage and shame and guilt with you and we got no chance. So I don't know that I clarified that very well when I was trying to speak of no matter what you think of me now, you don't know me from the past. Yeah, but that's my problem. I need to drop that. I need to embrace this moment and I need to know that this moment lived with the clarity that it is to reveal my true self is the path to divinity, forgiveness, and ascendancy in this universe as a human being. And that's not gobbledygook religious talk. That is how you're going to experience life as the absolute best and truest version of yourself. 
Is that not why you're here? It is, to me, the one thing we're here that should be the simplest that turns out to be the hardest. At least for me it has been. And I'm not even saying I've won this battle, but I'm winning it. And I know anybody who's out there living with guilt, shame, and denial of their true selves is losing it. Uh, I was the influenced... Yeah. So when I speak of auras red and green, clearly the commonality of me in red aura influential state versus me in green aura influential state is the truth there. And I didn't want to dismiss that, but I don't think that's it because I think I'm seeing, and obviously I know that because I'm having that effect everywhere. So that's, that would have been a surprise had it not been there. And so what I'm saying is above and beyond that, it seems like if I'm having that kind of experience, so are some of the people around me. In other words, where maybe I was the cause of some red aura, the other influential red aura causers are now green aura influencers too. So everything is just swimming in green. That's more so what I was trying to insinuate. I have noticed having come back to this place. Um, and I was clearly not, <laughs> I did not speak that. Uh, I did not give those, I can't even speak it now. <laughs> I'm so high this morning. <laughs> I've had like 10 different concentrates. I am really stoned. So I'll try to get through the rest of this list because then I got three more episodes to listen to. I promise I'll come back more coherent the next round. But I was feeling pretty confident because, and I'll get back to episode 130 here. 131 is a crop circles episode. There is one point in there. Oh, and I couldn't remember Nelson from The Simpsons. Uh, Newman. I don't even know what I called him. Norman. Doesn't matter. He's Nelson. He always has been, always will be. I actually considered a Nelson tattoo. I'm very, of all the considerations that could have been permanent that aren't, oh, the Nelson tattoo would have been a regret for sure. I mean, the dolphin's kind of a regret, but I can live with the dolphin. Is evolution a blueprint for AI? All right. That is intriguing enough. You know what? I'm going to circle that one. That's intriguing enough to bring up some other time. Not when I'm this stone. Or maybe this is the perfect time for it. I don't know. Let's get through the list on 130 and then we'll get back to that one last. All right, and then 132. <clears throat> 132's got the Terry Schiavo stuff in there. All right, I'll admit I still have that window open, but I haven't read it. So uh, I'll read that one when I listen to the next three. We'll discuss it. I know her husband had something to do with her uh, actually uh, going into vegetative state. That's the part that I hadn't, that I didn't know. So I'm going to go back and find out what that was. Um, so that, and that's disturbing that anybody who could have the power over the decision whether you live or die had anything to do with putting you in a state where you are incapable of having influence in that decision-making. That is not a conundrum. That is straight-up schadenfreude. Um, it's, and it looked filthy enough when I was reading it that I, got, that I got disturbed. So rather than going back through all that right now, I'll do that when I'm listening to the last three. So let's finish 130 before I finish 132. Um feel circumstances are going to work out. I do feel circumstances are going to work out. And I think in many ways, it's because of what I'm seeing in the green aura effect. I now know I can hold up my end of the bargain. So if the other people out there are trying to do what they can do to hold up their end of the bargain, then the overlap we're all having is starting to create enough of a, of a camaraderie that, that you can't help but feel things are working out and are going to continue to work out. It just is the way the world is going. 
Um, I don't know where I speak about the work that I do, but the work I really think I do is in influencing the world around me. To me, that's the work of my humanity, is how good an influence can I have on those around me in my daily routines? Is that work? No, but it's, it's a, it's a mission. <laughs> it's a calling. It's a, it's a why I can feel good about myself at the end of the day is having had a good influence, having been able to pull aside and help someone who needed help because I'm not so overwhelmed as to not feel the luxury of, sure, I've got the time. What do you need? I don't know. Those are the influences that I'm trying to have. That we're all here to both gain from each other what we can gain and to give to each other what we know we can give. Uh, I'm having fewer mistake additions, although <laughs> there, there is coincidental irony at work since I uh, had 32 seconds right before this that included too much coughing to think I was going to add it in. Uh, maybe I'll put that at the end now. Seems fair. Those seem to be gone. Screeners, you're so predictable. All right. Thank you, coincidence, for the muffled voice. Oh, yeah. On the April's Fool, April Fool's 4-1 recording, episode 130, I have a muffled voice moment that could be seen as an intentional joke in an April Fool's universe. No, that's the universe playing a joke on all of us. Screw you, universe. When I say it was Will Smith slapped by Conan, I actually meant Conan the Barbarian, who I actually meant that dude, Jason, I think it's Jason, Samoa, the guy from, uh, well, he was originally in the first season of Game of Thrones. And I don't know why I went to that guy, but I did not mean Conan O'Brien. But I actually think it's kind of funnier if it is Conan O'Brien. <laughs> but I, I don't, so I just want you to know that that just dangled out there because I meant to get all the way to Jason Samoa on there, and it sounds like I mean Conan O'Brien. Let let sleeping recordings rest where they must. Chase, 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 combust. Seems like that's what we've seen, including. That video with the Ravens, Ray Rice. And yes, it was Robin Givens. Those were all correct. And Jaden and Willow were the kids I was thinking of. And that noise over my head was an enormous ship. Like the kind of thing you would expect a sound effect of a Star Destroyer from the Empire Galactic flying over the planet would sound like. What the fuck was it? It shook the house's foundation, whatever it was. It was enormous. But it was above a cloud line. And what's interesting is the cloud line dissipated about 25 minutes later. But it didn't dissipate until the ship made a return trip over the house again. And I've got it recorded in a four-minute recording that's just oddly um, void of the, the, the whatever the, the uh, sound wavelength is that shook the house was vibrational. Like it shook the house. I was wearing bare feet and it was like... You know how I've only been in maybe two earthquakes in my life, but in one of them, the the floor shook that anything on the floor kind of just vibrated. That's what it was like. It was enormous. And uh, <laughs> so I've, I've heard some, there have been some, four or five years ago, the amount of activity that was happening in the underground uh, area around Denver was so noticeable if you were up at three in the morning because the floor was vibrating. 
from whatever activity was jackhammering the earth underneath the this area. It was noticeable. And this ship flying over or whatever this air disturbance was that came over the house had the same effect on the house. It was just, I hate when things are so obviously <laughs> being hidden from us that you can detect any ray. Ugh. Ugh. We humans, we are terrible. But if you're going to listen to any one of my episodes that I think you should listen to, I think 132 is actually one of the better ones. Now, I am really high. So you may need to be really high to think it's a good one. That I'm not going to say is not fair. But in that episode, I definitely realized how much I'm slacking now. I agree with that. I'll get myself back in the game. Even though I think the game is rigged. And when you figure that out, you pull yourself out of the game. I make that comment a little too casually. I'll probably circle that one. You know what a good episode would be? Is Evolution a Blueprint for AI? And if the game is rigged and you figure that out, well, should you pull yourself out? That would be a good episode. So I'll put that one down. Can't be the next one because the next one's a hero episode. In fact, it'll be a heroine episode because this will be my most unlikely heroine ever. In fact, she wasn't a heroine until I think it was actually episode 130. But I'll get to that because sometimes when you realize your heroines are there, even in the moment, well, they might have been heroines the whole time and you just now realized it. I believe this is one of those cases. All right, so I'll go get the details on the Terra Shiava review about exactly what is disturbing there. I'm just going to give 15 seconds on that and then move on. But if you have interest in that case, I don't know why. But if you do, um, I think there's more there than just the daily interaction with ABC News back in the day gave us. Uh, trying to find fulfillment in something you... Oh, this was a little confusing, but I think got a lot more clear as the episode went on. So maybe this is a point that was covered. But if you're trying to find fulfillment in something you think is an inclination within you by doing what you see people who have those same inclinations doing outside in society. If you're that lost about how to fulfill yourself, then you just aren't listening to something inside yourself. You're making that mistake. You wouldn't go looking for reaffirmation in the universe at large as to what people compose sort of like you must do to find fulfilling life. If you had any idea how to listen to be fulfilled in your life within you, you don't need to look outside. It's the place you won't find it. How you start thinking about the things inside you manifesting outside of you, that's a different pursuit than going to find meaning because people who are like you do this to find meaning. No, the meaning's inside you. Fulfilling that meaning can be a manifestation toward outside, but you'd figure out that meaning from within you. So if you do think you have a bunch of skills and you just don't know how to apply them, stop with the skill set and go back to the foundational stones of what are you truly like when you use those skills. When you've used them before, what inclination is in, in place? Is it helping others? Is it running to the rescue? Is it being deliberate and, and strong in your convictions? When you're most at test with the skill set you consider the most valuable, how's it being put to place? How, how's it being put to place? Not that. How's it being put to use? And with that stumble bumble, well, I'm going to hit pause and go listen to some stuff. Be back. All right, unpause. Well, we are, is it exactly 24 hours later? No, it's 25 hours later. Okay, it's 10.32 on the 10th of April. And that is the correct date because I know earlier, oh my lord, sorry about the burps. 
Um, let's see if I can edit those out. <laughs> if you never heard the burps, that's just my editing skills getting better. Or should I just leave them in? Because if I edit that, what the hell? All right. And now having blown my nose and taken 48 hours. Well, it's 10.05 on the 12th of April. And uh, yeah, I've been wiped out. I ain't done Jack Diddley. But I have finally listened to episodes 1, <clears throat> 33, 34, and 35. So I can finally finish this review episode and move on to better, bigger and better things. I'm going to move the recorder to my new spot of most, or should I say least disturbance. And we'll get on with this. <clears throat> All right. Episode 133. It's easy to think something out there broke you. Um, and I'm being a hypocrite when I say that that's not something that can happen when I say that Sandy Hook broke me. All right. Uh, I do throw terms around a little too loosely. I'll agree with that. But I, uh, I know that in reality, Sandy Hook didn't break me. The concept of Sandy Hook on every level breaks me. It makes me bristle that something is wrong, amiss, and a foul. Um, but that can't break you. Just like any other external event out there can't break you. The eternal you is the you that cannot be broken by anything. And no matter how beaten down the eternal you may have suffered in this universe manifestation, it can't break you. You are stronger than the external influence that feels like it's overwhelming. I promise you that. And I don't think I ever have been very clear on that. So I'm making that clear. And that believing in yourself, believing that you're worth it, and believing in a better world is really all it takes. And I think collectively, if we all said we were committed to and all in on those concepts, and that we knew we were fulfilling our end of the bargain regarding those concepts, sorry for moving the microphone, well, I believe that's it. That is literally it. That as long as we are kept away from that realization, we cannot fulfill the collective greatness that it is to be the human cooperative. <clears throat> but I think we have been there before because when those thoughts resonate, they resonate as historical truths, not as discoverable opportunities, at least for me. So I do think this is something we all feel in the most <clears throat> interior moments that we resonate with who we are and why we're here. Believing I'm better than you, believe that I deserve more than you, believing that I'm worth more than you, believing any of that breaks this down specifically, which is why all those instincts, even when realized, even if proven that I am the best speller of all, it never feels all that great. Because what I immediately want to do is help everybody who's not as good a speller as me get to be as good a speller as me. So what's the point of proving that I'm better than you if I'm not ready to help you achieve this level that I've managed to achieve? So any thinking that you are worth more, deserve more, or anything, even if you talk yourself into that, and even if you realize it, leaves you hollow. And that's really all I got from 133. So, either I was 
uh, concise and on point in that episode, or I just didn't review much of uh, worth reviewing here in this episode. Oh, wait, I gotta pause. Okay, I am recording again. I don't know why the pause, unpause trick didn't work, but Tereshavo. Um, here are my issues that I don't believe I was informed on from the get-go. She was um, showing signs of recovery. She had, in fact, verbalized, help me and mommy. And no, this isn't some exorcist fallback. She, uh, in fact, had shown progress through her own, um, come on, her own therapeutic uh, training or whatever, physical therapy. And then her husband shut that down. And her husband shut down access to Terry by her uh, nuclear family because of court-ordered uh, uh, guardianship that was established in his favor that also included monetary uh, rewards. Now, all of this said, I'm just saying that he had a lot more at stake in the game than his uh, than was reported in the news, especially when it came to superseding Terry's interests over what maybe her nuclear family's interests were in the same regard. Look it up yourself if you've ever believed you had the Terry Schiavo case figured out. Well, I don't know if what the mainstream media gave us was all that accurate. So, pause. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Um, <clears throat> on to episode 134. Recorder into position where it best records. Except it can't cover up the cantaloupe haze because we need that. So now, how are we looking if we do this? Uh, I need to blow my nose again. Nose blown, my chaperone. On with the show. <laughs> All right, random thoughts work best. Is how I start my review of episode 134. Um, yeah, I don't like being pigeoned into discussing concepts about either being late or work or because so much more goes on that those don't even remotely uh, categorize. So, will I suffer this malaise for another 23 episodes? Probably. But, um... I do believe this will be the last time that I pigeonhole myself into subject matter that is restrictive. And not even that I can't coordinate my thoughts around it. I can. But it is um, adding to my lack of creativity in the moment. And part of the reason that it's taken me six days, frankly, to get this review episode done. That and I'm exhausted. Embarrassingly enough. Um... Which is not as embarrassing as knowing that I would be right and still flipping. Now, I don't know if I would actually do that anymore. And that was uh, in reference to the psychological experiment where a room full of people start um, claiming, for instance, that uh, that line is clearly longer than this line. When every 
not even an optical illusion, but every sensory uh, input you're receiving says, no, that's not true. Those two lines are clearly not the same length, and you keep telling me the shorter one is the longer one. Well, eventually, if six out of seven people keep insisting that that is the case, and the seventh person is the only person not in on the joke, there will be a, an, an alarming number of people who will go along with the crowd. And I said that I would be in that alarming number. I don't know that I would anymore because I'm so much more confident in who I am that even if I'm dead wrong and everybody else is right, I should at least stand by the fact that I'm perceiving it incorrectly because my anomaly matters. And if I don't believe in myself, even in a circumstance where all of the group is telling me I'm wrong, well, I, I believe now that I would. So I'm not sure that I wouldn't be capable of standing up to the face of that adversity. I haven't been faced with that kind of situation, so I really don't know. But we'll see. Acting better leads to being better. It's just been what I've found in life, as opposed to just seeing something's wrong, deciding that it's wrong, deciding it should be better, waiting to prove that you can. No, just start acting in the peripheral ways that all of that is better. That's what you should do. And things will be better. That's how it works. The reaction of the crowd is the initial source of schadenfreude. I do think that most people, when they are um, when they are prone to lying, are doing so to hide something of shame or um, of dishonor from the group. But then there's a whole nother level of lying that goes from not just wanting to to avoid disappointment or um, or the derailment that comes with having uh, done something society won't approve of. No. Then comes scheming and the conspiracies and everything else that comes with another level of schadenfreude. So that's when I was saying that while I can see that as the initial cause of lies, it isn't what sustains the true lies and scheming that comes uh, with the worst. Oh my Lord, the worst in us. Stop it. Descartes knows being able to... Okay, so I, I was a little too easy on Descartes when I said that uh, he because he knows he can think he, and he, that proves he exists, that he must um, be able to derive meaning from the idea that he can think. And it's more that he can doubt his own existence, that that thought is in his head and is viable, that he can go so far as to claim that proves he is. It, Descartes is, is layered in a way that is worth investigating on your own. And I truly believe that if you're a newbie to Descartes, just go over to Crash Course Philosophy and listen to their seven-minute or whatever diatribe on Descartes, and you will fairly well understand the nuance that his argument provides. So rather than trying to take over what's already been done well, please just visit Crash Course Philosophy and indulge. It is a great resource for sorting out the very core of philosophical argument. Uh, <clears throat> I did not include in one way that you can acquire knowledge, and that is sideloaded. There are certainly people who claim to have acquired knowledge almost as if to have downloaded it, to have been given it through a an update. I feel that myself. So to have left this off the list, I think, was unjust. 
especially when you look at something like sudden skill acquisition syndrome, where somebody all of a sudden, after a bump on the head, can play concerto-level piano after having never touched the instrument in their life. That's one specific example. But there are many. And usually they involve a, a level of perception acquired. In other words, an understanding of a, of a system like music or math or geometry as if the brain unlocked something that it already knew. It's fascinating. And so is that a way that is a legit way of acquiring knowledge? Well, there are too many cases to say that it's not something that can happen, but how it happens, why it happens, the capacity in which it can happen, there's as much mystery to it as anything. But that certainly is another way that we acquire knowledge. Okay, why were six people on a jettisoning craft into outer space to discover a book that was nonsense that turned into sense? It doesn't matter. I don't even know. That was just a high story. But the point is, it's very easy to think you know something because you have it memorized or have committed it to a rote level of understanding without having picked up the bigger picture. And I believe I am as big a... a I'm as susceptible to that miscue as there is someone alive on this planet Earth. So that's why I pointed out as something that can be as simple as just having misinterpreted that there's meaning or layers of meaning in something that you think you already know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I claim that the fact that military has developed nuclear weaponry capable of vaporizing the planet and that it's in the hands of human beings uh, is a sign that it's over. And yet I also claim it's all going to work out. Paradoxes suck, and that's one that I feel. But I guess that means that no matter what we do with the nuclear weaponry, we can't wipe ourselves out. Can we set ourselves back the sort of upheaval that a species may take millennia to climb out of? Of course. Will we do that to ourselves? Most likely. <laughs> do we have to do that? Nope. Nope, we don't. And I think people like me who have been quiet for so long, may have put us into a position where that may be the inevitable outcome that we're going to suffer. But I'm doing everything I can to clamor now and say, let's not do it that way. Let's not be the people who decide that in spite of ourselves, in spite of the knowledge that we could have been better, that we decided to dive down into the depth of what we can be instead of what we could be. So... I don't think that nuclear arsenal is something here that has to dictate our future. But I believe when you look around for reasons that it won't, well, those are harder to find than ever. Maybe that tide will change. Maybe I will start to see a sway toward the optimistic. But for now, it is all going to work out. But I do feel like we're going to take the hardest possible road to do that. Now, are we capable of better? Hell yeah, we are. And that's why in episode 135, I went through all that THC info, most of which none of you give a shit about. Well, <clears throat> that episode was loaded with contrivances. I'll give you that. But in the end, I mean, isn't that really all I'm about? Contrivances? <laughs> I'd like to think so.